You are listening to Locked On Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, hey, how's everybody doing, guys? Uh, good evening. We're going to get into your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Lloyd. Pete Smith going to join me here. We're going to you know break down some news of the day. You know, guys, I mean, you know, Browns-wise, obviously quiet here. You may only hear of maybe one or two more things drop here before we you know get to April. You know, a lot of things we can still do draft-wise, though, and stuff like that, and have some fun with it. Um, when you get into the car or at home with Alexa, uh, play Locked On Browns podcast. Have them bring you up the you know latest episode of the show. Uh, whether you're gonna, you know you're looking for new apps, like I mentioned, obviously we partnered with Himalaya. So if you're looking for something different, go ahead check out the Halima, Himalaya podcasting app. Make sure you subscribe over there to Locked On Browns. Uh, want to make the want to thank the good folks of Stouffer's Food in Cleveland, Ohio. I spoke to them today. They're going to send out a nice care package of French bread pizza. I appreciate that. Um, and for those who, you know, you know, like to have a little fun and poke a little fun at me and Pete, uh, another day where the show hit in the top 200 in iTunes. Um, look, guys, we're just, just putting in work. That's all we like to do here. We like to talk our ball. I know we're putting in, you know, I'm putting in work. Pete's putting in work. We're going to get to uh, a couple of prospects we haven't really talked about here. One will come in the questions portions. One, I guess, we'll kick it off with now. Um, Pete, it was getting, you know, we, we've joked on some of these guys, man. Like, look, you can't run from it from ever. It's like the SATs. You're eventually going to have to take them. Uh, finally, we got to see something from uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out of Stanford today. The 40, you know, I think was pretty good, obviously, for a kid his size. Everything else, you know, average and just still, there seems to be some folks who are really, really high on him, and, and I'm just, I don't, I can't get to that party. Uh, yeah, there is definitely a devoted following for him. Uh, I think of him sort of as a power forward, um, that he's great at owning position. He'll win jump balls and those type of things, but I've, I don't see a, a terribly dynamic player after the catch. Uh, but certainly, you know, the the 40 he put up today will only bolster the confidence I'm having him. And, you know, it's a great number for a guy that size. Um, you know, the explosion's a little more in line with where that is, but it's a good result. Uh, it adds another guy to, you know, an, an already really talented class that gives you a lot of different flavors, but certainly there's a nice little group of, of bigger, more physical receivers near the top of the draft for, for people who like those. And, and certainly, you know, for the Cam Newtons and Lamar Jacksons and, and, uh, Josh Allen's of the world, those guys tend to be, popular because you know you just got to get it in the right zip zip code they'll make it work uh as opposed to being precise uh precise uh run after catch guys uh so yeah there's certainly a place for that type of flair yeah you know i mean the 40 and look even still though i mean everybody four four nine i mean i can't believe we're still at the time where you don't see a pro day 40 and automatically just say all right we've got to adjust it because it's a pro day 40 I don't know how all of a sudden, you know, and maybe even, you know, the biggest of schools, whether it's Alabama, maybe, you know, you got 75 people in, in the building with stopwatches, maybe you can give a little bit more credence to those. You know, 449, I mean, it does sound a little bit like a hometown, hometown discount to me where, you know, let's say 449, where it could have easily been 451, 453. Um, I don't think it's going to change anything where you're at on the guy. Uh, like you said, you know, post a player, I do see that. I don't know if I see, and it's funny because he was labeled as a track kid coming out of high school, and then you go, you see a 34-inch vert, which is, it's 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 good, it's not great, it's not the number he was originally given Pete at the combine when it was Miles Boykin who went 43 and a half, 
He looked a lot better uh, when he when, he when Miles Boykin, Boykin was doing his drills, right? Yeah, absolutely. He, he was tremendous uh, when he was Miles Boykin. Yeah, uh, I I don't think he's as good as Nikhil Harry. I don't think he's quite as good as AJ Brown, but he's certainly a more. Uh, I think he's probably the best in, in the pure jump ball owning space of those guys. Uh, you know, for the the you know the, 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 this call has died out since getting Odell Beckham, but for the section of Browns fans that love the idea of you got to get some, the big like wide out for the red zone. <laughs> yeah, I mean David Njoku did nothing but uh, produce in the red zone, but yet there were still people who were desperate for this idea that you had to have somebody big. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's one more guy who can give you something along those lines. Uh, I, I think there are definitely some teams that could really use what he offers. Uh, I don't think the Browns are going to be one of them, but nevertheless, that's hopefully one more player that knocks a player the Browns do want down a spot. Yeah, and that, yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's you know, and I, I don't even. I mean, I got to be honest, guys. It, it it would probably be day three developmental type. I guess my dream guy for a wide receiver for the Browns to draft right now would probably be Dorch and go back to that where it's a guy that there's still going to be a lot of learning to do, and he get to come in and pick the brain of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. You get to talk to a guy like Rashard Higgins who can t- explain to you what it was like to be out of the league for a minute and then have to fight your way back up and do it all within the same organization. So, you know, that, that'd be a guy, I mean, you know, but anybody before that and, you know, even not a fit here whatsoever in any way for me. Um, guys, look, I know you're all, you've all been into it and uh, Fox Sports finally has the poll up or whatever. Look, I mean, yeah, it's a Twitter poll, whatever. You guys want to win it? I get it 100%. Go ahead. It's out now. If you haven't checked it out, Fox Sports, I'm actually in the process of retweeting it now. I know you guys want to win. Uh, it looks like the Buffalo Bills fans are going to um, assist which is nice because I, I cannot believe that there were people, anything related, fans, media members, Tennessee Titans, that were actually spending harder money or spending their time creating burner accounts to win a Twitter poll. That has just got awful. I'm sorry. Uh, I've seen I've seen more useless uh, burner accounts made in my day. So who knows? Uh, it's 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 bragging <laughs> Kelly rights. Kapowski. Kelly Kapowski. Uh, yeah. I, I guess it's bragging rights. I guess it means something to some people. I, I, I That's fine. I, I mean, I, if you want to win it, that's fine. I, I, I'm cool with it. I get it whatsoever. And the other thing is, no, yeah, you don't want to lose to the Tennessee Titans. No, no, no. Definitely don't want to lose to the Tennessee Titans. And me and, and me and Pete Smith don't want to hear it from uh, Steve Morton. So, guys, go out there and make sure you vote your ass off. Win this one here. Um, I guess we'll get into this portion now. Uh, Pete, you know, obviously we did AFC East last night. You know, Obviously, you know the six games versus the North. Uh, obviously, four at the AFC East, but you know NFC West, and is it's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you know Seattle. Uh, hey, Seattle, if you want to just get frustrated and not pay him and trade him away and make our lives a little easier next year, that's fantastic. Um, don't be stupid if you're a good franchise. Pay the man; he's really damn good. Uh, you know San Francisco. Who knows what's going on there? Obviously, you know Jimmy Garoppolo. Does he get his health? If he does, then you, you're still not really sure what's going on there. But I guess Pete, I guess we're gonna start. We we'll have to start with. The Rams, obviously, you know, we, we got to talk a ton about them during January. Yeah, uh, and so far, you know, we talked about they would look like a completely different team in a lot of respects this year, and so far, so, you know, that's that's coming true. I mean, you move on from LaMarcus Joyner, you move on from seemingly, I don't, I, you know, I don't think there's any chance that Indomitian Sue is going to come back, but you, you never know. They bring in Eric Weddle. Uh, they bring in uh, some other some other players to to keep that rolling. They were able to keep Dante Fowler, which is a little bit of a surprise. Um, 
Yeah, that was Corey, an odd one for the money. I think Corey Littleton's still a free agent. Um, but the lingering question, you know, in addition to the fact that you're, you know, teams that typically lose the Super Bowl tend to have a, a struggle in returning. The magic question, everything Rams, is Todd Gurley and his arthritic knee. And what is that really going to mean? Is he going to be back? Is he going to be 100 percent? You know, the, the you know, the unwillingness to sort of acknowledge that there was a real problem there at the end of the, you know, in the playoffs where they were saying he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. We're not giving the ball. Something's wrong. Uh, but we're going to just say it's fine. Um, that's sort of the big thing in there and then you know there's pressure on who they have plus they have a lot of money tied up in him yeah i mean (laughs) look this it's terrible i mean you have to be extremely nervous if if you i mean obviously the Rams have more information but if there's something really wrong there you have to be terrified because you put a ton of money into this guy uh to be that stud player um they also have like no draft picks uh jared goff has to come back and you know, take another big step forward because you know the, the, he was certain he has certainly been very good, but the, the, you know he's also been sort of exposed to what he's vulnerable to, and he does not do well under pressure. Uh, you know, Sean McVay and company are going to have to figure out how to bounce back from a, a tough situation. But with all those things said, I, I I think they're easily the prohibitive favorite in that division. I, I don't know how they wouldn't be, and you know. But the other thing though is, is maybe going to that Super Bowl, and you know, and I don't want to say he got caught with his pants down. He lost to a guy who's got you know thirty years experience on him. You, know, but maybe that's that was it. You know, I mean, because from McVeigh, it had been such a nice run, and now it's all right. Now I've got two years of tape out there, and everybody's got it. And you know what? Everybody will look what the Patriots did. And look, I mean, Bill's not doing it with you know the greatest. You know the greatest defense ever assembled, like he was years and years and years ago when he was a defensive coordinator. But now everybody else is going to say, "Oh, well, we got a guy who can do similar stuff," and they're going to play off of that. So you know, now now McVeigh, what do you do? You counteract. You go into your bag of tricks, and look, maybe now you need to, you know. And the other thing with uh, Goff in the short passing game, look, I mean, they like chunk plays in LA. They love their chunk plays. But you want to know what? Be creative, but be creative in the you know five to fifteen yard. And maybe hopefully get some more yak and go with that equation, and to maybe take a little bit more pressure off of Jared Goff. Um, and the other thing with Gurley though is, you know, C.J. Anderson's now a Detroit Lion, so you might want something there. I know they brought back uh, Malcolm Brown is back, but obviously they really featured C.J. Anderson, and it's kind of you know we talked so much last offseason about insurance policies for player players. You got to have something for Gurley. The other the other issue that's lingering is they have to find somebody opposite of uh, Dante Fowler. Uh, presumably, if if Sue isn't coming back, that means Brockers is going to be more of a pure nose. He's going to be the nose. Um, who's the other guy on the other side? Certainly, Aaron Donald and, and, and Dante Fowler can get a lot of pressure, and Michael Brockers is a a fine uh, nose. But you don't really have another guy over there. I mean, you're looking at guys like. Jonathan Franklin Myers and Garrett Sickles and Morgan Fox. I assume they're going to want to do something else um, to to can, continue to bring pressure. I mean, they've got like a Banya Okoronkwo, but that's you know, I don't know if he's ready to take that big step forward. You know, with Samson Ekubon and those type of guys. Uh, and and I I I really like John Johnson. I really like Eric Weddle. I don't love their corners. I'm not 
sold on Marcus Peters. I'm really not sold on Aqib Tlaib. So if you're looking at this from the Browns standpoint, I think they're going to have more trouble uh, covering what the Browns will bring to town than uh, than than it might seem based on just the overall matchup. I you know I, I think this will be a big test for the Browns, but I you know at least on talent. I like the Browns better. Um, I, I do. I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but I'm not that wowed by the Rams. Obviously, Aaron Donald is an absolute monster, and you have to find a way to sort of figure out how to at least counteract that. But, you know, from their offense, I mean, Cooper Cup being back will be big for them. But, yeah, I mean, they, I had, don't know. Three, they had three guys at a pace for 1,000 yards of pop last year, so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Aaron, Aaron, you know, Aaron Donald would be the one that hurts you, but you know, this is what you get back to when you start factoring a Odell into these equations. Remember, we talked about the Steelers. Ah, put all three corners on them. Who cares? Whatever. Um, you know, and you know, look, Marcus Peters. It, the thing with Marcus Peters is you just can't trust the guy. And it's not so much that he's going to get in trouble off the field. It, it's just that he's going to flip out. I remember him had a flag thrown on him playing at MetLife. Picked the flag up and threw it in the twelfth row. I mean, he's guy's just a little bit of a loose cannon on the field, and you know he could definitely, definitely come back to bite you in the ass in a huge, you know, huge spot in a key, key game. But I, I don't know if anybody else to this point has done enough that it's going to take anything away from you know the Rams. Obviously, you know, kind of cakewalking the way to at least a a, a two game lead in winning in that division. Um, guys, iTunes rating reviews uh, always help the show. You guys have been fantastic with that. Um, just continues with the show's growth. We are again just off to a, another fantastic number numbers month here already, just within a few days. That's all because of you guys. Look, I mean, I always say we'll be here, we'll do the work. If you like the product, you'll come back, and it seems more and more you're doing that, and I do appreciate you for that. So go ahead, five star written review over at iTunes. Make sure you take care of that for me. I guess we'll go next, Pete. Uh, in the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. You know, I mean, look. It, it, this, it's just the way it works with quarterbacks. I want to get paid a lot of money. Then all of a sudden, you know, after a year or two goes by, and now you're sixth and seventh in money, and you're still one of the top guys, well, now I need a little bit more. Now it's time again. And, guys, this will eventually happen with Baker Mayfield if everything goes like we think it should. Get used to it. They get a boatload of money. That's just the way it goes. But, you know, now something here, and, you know, where's it cost him? I, I know Doug Baldwin apparently has got some serious injuries and he's not sure how much time he's got left in this league. So a lot going on in Seattle. Right. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson wants a contract. Frank Clark is sitting there. On being the married, tag. Well, being married to a pop singer costs money, Pete. I, I imagine. I, I, I can't say I've had that, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> um, the thing with Russell Wilson is, is he and Tyler Lockett form one of the biggest, baddest uh, combinations in the league by far. They are unbelievable. Little, they're just two little dudes, <laughs> and they just they dominate. Like Tyler Lockett was far and away the most efficient receiver in the league last year. Um, his yards per target and all those things were just absolutely insane. Uh, you know, and, and, and I don't think they're recognized even close to as good as they are. Um You've got options at running back with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. It's sort of a question of, you know, wh- where is it going to go? And, you know, maybe both can be great and they can really get something going there. Their offensive line is better. It's not good, but it's better. Uh, I think 
they will be good because Russell Wilson just makes them that much better. Uh, I, I think the question more on the defensive side of the ball with them. Um, obviously, it starts with Frank Clark and getting that contract sorted out. Uh, but, you know, you've got Bobby Wagner. You've got KJ Wright. Those are good football players. You've got Shaq Griffin. You've got, uh, you know, some guys on that side of the ball. They're very good. I don't – I can't say I love their defensive line. I can't say I'm very worried about their corners. I, I like – I mean, I like Sha- Shaq Griffin. Trey Flowers is okay. Um, but it really just comes down to are you – I mean, the, the Seahawks are going to be competitive regardless, but it's just a question of can you do enough to stop Russell Wilson where he's not basically you know, looking like he can just will his team down the field where you just can't get him on the ground and he's able to continue delivering passes and drain a roster way further along than it should be. Uh, I mean, that, that team, again, was projected to finish by some people dead last – Entire NFL, and then went wasn't to the playoffs. Wasn't that right? I believe. Yeah, right. Uh, had him as the favorite to win the number one, or to lose enough to be the number one overall pick, and they went to the playoffs. Um, that's how special he is, uh, and I and I and I have no doubt that when when this game is played, the, the amount of hyping up between Russell Wilson versus Baker Mayfield, even though neither will ever be on the field at the same time will be you know deafening uh, even though you know Seattle's de- tends not to be a you know a sweetheart team that gets a ton of attention uh, but that's gonna be a huge huge matchup uh, and look and that's the thing I mean Russell Wilson he's in I think you've you you put it perfectly with the dragging and there's the where nothing's working and then all of a sudden Russell Wilson starts to go to his legs to get some momentum going. And, you know, there's times where you see him with 100 yards passing through almost two and a half quarters and nothing's going right. Busts off two big runs and now all of a sudden he's got 70-something yards rushing. And then from there, everything just starts to go their way. I do agree, though. Defensively, I'm not positive. I'm not absolutely sure what's going on that way. Um, There's, you know, Clark. Look, I mean, the guy, he is what he is. Um, The corners, they're good. But, again, you know, these are the... And I remember Odell had a good day, you know, against Seattle, you know, the first time he played them. You know, they like to get in your face, but, I mean, if the Browns are going to run a bunch of these quick guys, it, they should be hopefully able to you know, avoid the jam, which should lead to open lanes. Um, but, you know, look, I mean, the, the, the Seahawks are a tough competitive football team. They show up week in, week out. Obviously, they still have a draft here to, you know, work through here. We'll see how it works out. And, obviously, you know, the Griffin boys are one of the greatest stories in the NFL right now. Um so that it's that's that's a game where it's you know you hope you can win, but but you better you better have every every facet of it covered because you know you do you make one mistake against the Seattle Seahawks you're going to end up on the wrong end. Um, I, I guess Pete, because this is where the the fun part of the chatter gets to before we get to the Niners, Arizona Cardinals, and it, it it'll be in Arizona. Um, it, it could be a great storyline because it could be Baker, and it's weird because Baker's going to face almost. I think he's going to face every quarterback who went in the first round last year, unless Josh Rosen, who's currently the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, isn't there. So it's a great story if he goes and plays the quarterbacks of his draft, his classmates. Or Pete, it becomes an even bigger story if they're going to Arizona to play Kingsbury. Baker's got some relationship there. And Kyler Murray's his quarterback, which just exasperates it. Um, a game that if the Cardinals were 
not complete and utter dog piss would be a dream primetime game. I just don't know if they're even good enough for this game to get to primetime, but the Cardinals. So the Cardinals um, offensively are basically a train wreck. I mean, they brought back Larry Fitzgerald, who's a shell of himself. He's well into husk phase. If you're comparing what he's doing now, you're going to say, but, oh, I do give him, I give him credit for at least, yeah, because he could have just said, you know what, F this. I'll go play for a year for the Patriots, try to get that ring. I mean, at I least would, he's, he's going down with the ship. I wish he would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's, I guess, it, but he's, it's him and Christian Kirk, which Christian Kirk is okay. Um, their offensive line is, is not very good. Um, They've got David Johnson, but David Johnson needs to be David Johnson. The that's got to be one of the big. That's got to be one of the big focuses with uh, with Cliff Kingsbury as the coach. And if what you know, presumably they're going to take Kyler Murray, and you're going to have this combination of Murray and David Johnson that will have a lot of expectations on it um, to to sort of deliver. And that's not really fair, um, certainly as a rookie, but. At the same time, they, they, they might be just enough of a pain in the ass on defense that that offense is frisky. Defensively, uh, they have some really good players, and they've got some guys who sound really good who aren't actually good. So, like, for example, Terrell Suggs. I mean, he's fine, uh, but he's not Terrell Suggs anymore. It's the same thing with Fitzgerald. You know, it's, it's, like, they've, it's like they went to Arizona retire, but they're still picking up paychecks. Meanwhile, Chandler Jones is really, really good. He's a um, dude. Jordan Hicks is good so long as he's healthy. Patrick Peterson is arguably the best corner in football. Uh, they've got, you know, Buda Baker. They signed Robert Alford, um, who's who's solid. Um, they've got DJ Swinger, who I've never really been a fan of. Um, so they've got guys. It's just and, they, and they've got, you know, a guy at every level that's a really good football player. It's now a question of do they have enough to really be good Um that remains to be seen, but they have enough pieces there where they could be, a, a, you know, a pain in the ass. Now, having said that, if you're looking at this from the Browns standpoint, this is a game you have to win, and a game you have to win, you know, without right. going struggling, away. going away. Yeah, this is the ultimate team of, you know, because they are in the situation where let's, you know, whether whether they go with Kyler Murray, whether they trade Josh Rosen, or maybe they keep both which was, has been suggested, and regardless of which one's starting, you need to get on them quickly so you don't let them hang around and potentially do something late in the game. Um, they they look like a team that's going to try to do enough damage with their defense to allow one of those quarterbacks to make enough plays in the end to sort of steal games. And it would not surprise me if, you know, there's there's a few a playoff team or, team or two this year that ultimately get tripped up because the Cardinals, as bad as they are, do have enough pieces to at least be a little bit dangerous. Um, but they still should be a pretty bad team. Yeah, and look, I mean, and even still, though, I mean, if you're talking first year head coach, and look, I mean, Eric Galco, Ben Albright, when they tell you, look, it's going to be Kyler Murray. I tend to put some credence into it. So, look, I mean, you can move move Rosen. Obviously, that's either going to be capital 419, 420. Um, you know, and then maybe you, you can move some of these parts here. And so maybe even if it results into a 3-13 season, 4-12, 5-11, but 
but you can go into you know the next year with you know a ton of draft capital, and you've already got a quarterback in place. You got your head coach in place. It could be that. Uh, as far as the team itself, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know how they could good they could be bring keeping both quarterbacks. See, the problem is, is if they keep both quarterbacks, it's only gonna. I mean, because first, if you take if you take Murray right off the bat, Rosen's stock is diminished. Now, if you play Rosen and oh well, okay, now we really like Josh Rosen. I like him in this offense. Well, then what the hell did you just spend money on? You know, what did you just spend the number one overall pick for in Kyler Murray? Because you're not going to get that return back. Uh, I mean, the keeping the both is the one I don't get. It, it, move move Josh now because there's probably teams who say, all right, I'm looking at my quarterback board for your. You know, 2019, and Josh Rosen would be first, maybe second, maybe third. Do it now, get it over with, because you know, before some of these teams, you know, maybe have to trade after quarterback they don't want, where they could easily just you know trade a pick and get Josh Rosen. Um, but the team itself, you know, I agree. You know, there's some dinosaurs there. Obviously, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, Hall of Famer, Suggs, Hall of Famer. These guys, fantastic careers, but they are shells of themselves, shells of what they used to be. And yeah, you go in there where it's a place like Arizona, you know, weather's not going to be a factor, no rain, no nothing. This is this is what this is what you talk for like this is a dream road game. You get to go to a nice place, nice atmosphere, nice weather, go in, you kick the you know, kick the balls in, buy twenty, get the hell out of there with a W, get ready for the next week with somebody else. Um we'll close it out here now, Pete. Uh you know, 49ers it's 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 all on Garoppolo. I mean, obviously they the picks are coming. I you know everybody seems to say, look, it's Nick Bosa, it's Nick Bosa, it's Nick Bosa, it's Nick Bosa. Going to go out to the West Coast, join his brother. And is there enough in place that you know they can maybe find themselves as the second best team in this division? Um, they're another team where they've got a lot of pieces, um, and it's a question of how they're going to come together. For example, they have they got deep- running backs. Well, yeah, they 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 added Tevin Coleman to Matt Breida, who I think is a good player. They have got Jarek McKinnon, um, I think, still there. I don't think they've made a move on that. Uh, but yeah, they've got they've got six running backs on the roster right now. Uh, but they also traded for D Ford. They added uh, uh, they added uh, what's his face? Quan Alexander was a yep. big signing for them. Major they, signing. They had off well, of an ACL. It better be. It, it no, but I'm be. saying major of the money. Yeah. Let's, and let's yeah. Let's, it better be for what they paid for him. Yeah, um, coming off an ACL. So, based on if you look at their defense, the you know if you're assuming it's going to be Bosa, they you know that's the unit that has to work. Divorce Buckner is a stud. Um, Solomon Thomas has to sort of get figured out. Eric Armstead is okay, um, but yeah, with with D Ford now in the mix. Uh, you have to be able to get some production uh, consistently out of that group. And if, if they go with Nick Bosa, he has to come in and produce. And if that's the case, then they become you know a, a pretty decent team on defense, assuming Quan Alexander was worth the effort and all that stuff. Offensively, I'm old enough to remember when Browns fans were apoplectic that the, that the Browns did not give up a second-round pick they never had a chance to give for Jimmy Garoppolo. And here we are uh, two years later – 18 uh, months, maybe even. Yeah, and Jimmy Garoppolo is now, you know, with the injury and everything, one of the biggest question marks in the NFL. Um, 
on the one hand, it's it's he's in a great situation having Kyle Shanahan as an offensive guy who knows how the scheme plays. I mean, he made Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard both look effective. So on, on from that standpoint, Jimmy Garoppolo seems like he's in great great hands. On the other on the other hand, he has to justify the investment made into him, um, and that may be more difficult than it sounds. Uh, they they have some offensive talent there, but he can't be average he has to be good especially if they're going to make him a run to the playoffs and i don't think you know i I think this year the 49ers have really upped their expectations with all the moves they've made i i don't think they're going to be satisfied with you know a six and ten type team they've got way too much money invested in some of these guys and they're waiting for some of these things to finally play out uh you know they've got what you you assume you what you're, you're you're thinking is a superstar George Kittle, Dante Pettis coming into year two. Uh, they've just got a lot there, and it's really just a question of how quickly it can it come together because you've imported so much of it, uh, where if it works, they could be a really dangerous team and potentially compete for a wild card. Um, if it doesn't, you know, I think it could get ugly in a hurry there. Well, and that's the thing, because they're all in with Jimmy G. Um, Pettis, in, now, like, he didn't, he had, I think he caught one touchdown pass early in the season from Jimmy Garoppolo. But then again, he was like pedestrian. You didn't see him towards the end of the year and then had some really good success with Nick Mullins. The reason I know this is because Dante Pettis won me two fantasy titles, filling in for both teams because Odell Beckham didn't finish the season. Dante Pettis was huge and critical. Had a nice close to his year. Showed to be more of a, you know, I thought he was going to be more of a possession guy showed to be more of a big play guy. So, But, I mean, he's going to be interesting to watch. Him and a Denzel Ward matchup as two second-year players would would be nice. Um, the D-line, if it is Nick Bosa, the way it would be constructed would be, you know, a nice matchup to see how the Browns' offensive line can handle it and obviously Campman coaching it. Quan Alexander, um, how you give that much money to a guy coming off an ACL, I don't give a crap what position he plays. Um, that, that was just insane, but, you know, maybe you're paying a little bit more tax um, you know, get them to go from, you know, obviously Tampa all the way out to the West Coast. But, I mean, they paid him a boatload of money, and here's a guy that I don't even know if he's going to be able to participate participate in OTAs. That's the insanity of it. Um, there's still holes to be filled. You know, obviously, you know, a good one, a fantastic deep threat. He's a good player. Kittle is just an absolute monster. If you would like to see what David Njoku could be if he was featured, as a tight end, you got to see that last year with George Kittle. And the thing you love about Kittle is, is he did it with three quarterbacks. I mean, and two guys who they have no plans on being the quarterback this year. So definitely, you know, fun, interesting the way it works out. It's going to be a solid, solid game. Uh, I do believe they go to San Francisco for that one. So I just, you know, we're going to be a little West Coast Browns action this year. Um, remember, guys, to get the show every day, subscribe to Locked On Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with the personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and make sure you're subscribed and listening to Locked on Browns. Um, Pete, we do have some listener questions here. And this one actually is, this first one here I actually do really like. It, it was, It's, what would you be comfortable with pick-wise? Obviously, 49, 80, 119, the fifth-round picks. Where would you be, or would you be, comfortable on Ja'Kai Polite? Um, where would I be comfortable? I wouldn't. I mean, I, just, I wouldn't draft him. Um, 
and that's based on a lack of information, admittedly. I, I, I have not had a chance to sit down and talk to the kid. Um, but, you know, everything I've seen is he doesn't seem to understand the opportunity that's in front of him. Uh, very immature, and maybe he'll grow up a little bit, and maybe this whole process has helped him grow up a little bit. Um, but it just doesn't seem to be putting him in a situation where I have any interest at this point on where the Browns are. If, you know, in a different world where the Browns are bad and they have a lot of roster spots they can sort of spend on, then yeah, sure. Uh, you can take a shot on him and it wouldn't, for me, it wouldn't be till day three, but for where the Browns are right now, I don't have a roster spot to stash him. So if he, if he doesn't make the team, he has to be really impressive. And that Florida tape has to be there in camp and in the preseason and stuff like that, if that's not there, I'm cutting him. And somebody who has roster spots is going to grab him because they can. So to me, it's a waste of time. No, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but and, and I'll play it. For, I'm actually going to go devil's advocate on this one. And um, Sam Penix, thanks for the question. Guys, uh, if you don't know Sam Penix, uh, he's actually been a, a really good follow. He's been really good, brings some good information. So if you guys don't know Sam uh, and you see him in his tweets, I, I would throw him a follow. Pretty solid kid, knows his stuff. Um, I would say, look, once you get to the fifth round, I, we're going to start talking here Browns-wise. I don't know if any of those guys are the capability of who or who not can make this team. Um, I hope, I would love to hear that he made a trip out to Berea and they sat down with him. Because what you need to know right now with this kid is, is he mentally broke? Because it, it he needed to be. Like, does he understand the magnitude of how bad he screwed this up? And and we we've, we've talked about this a lot of times. And it's not bagging on these guys because you hate to see it. This is the biggest opportunity these guys. And yes, they're talking about changing their lives, changing everything that goes about it. And you know, Jakai Polite with his retired moms at on Twitter. That's but does he understand? He really screwed the pooch here. So now, do now I look at it. Am I going to draft him in the fifth round, or am I going to draft who's that? Sutton Smith, who I know is undersized and he's got a good motor and probably still wouldn't make this team. But is a guy like Polite going to come in here and just play ball and put everything in the rear view of the fact that he colossally screwed crap up like he did, and just get after the quarterback? And if I'm going to do that for 15 to 20 reps. And the way things work out, and then maybe you factor in an injury you weren't expecting. Yeah, he's a guy I'd be really interested in on day three because I'm not going to get that tape from many other guys. So if he's there, yeah, it's definitely going to open some eyes. This will be interesting with John because John, it's it's these are the guys he seems to. Okay, those are the ones we're going to avoid is the ones who you know lazy or whatever or screwed it up. He doesn't doesn't have the problem with the other stuff. But yeah, I, I would definitely, I, I would, I'm probably more interested in him now in the value he's going to go than I ever was, even when the Browns did possess pick 17. And Pete, it kills me that there were times where there were conversations of this draft cycle of Brian Burns versus Polite, who would be the better pro. Well, I mean, look, the draft process is here to expose weakness, and Jakai Polite is. It's training camp. It, it's it, literally like military training camp. It's like boot camp. Are you are you tough enough to even get here? Yeah. So you have now found you have exposed weakness. You've exposed a a, a 
I guess you'd call it a football character weakness. He doesn't respond well to being criticized or poked and prodded. He doesn't seem to respond well to uh, the opportunity in front of him. That does not mean he's unsalvageable. But, again, I'm working on a lack of information. Um, maybe there are teams that feel better about him, although the noise, and that I use that word uh, intentionally, is that he doesn't. Um, so we shall see. It only takes one team to fall in love with him. Um, you know, and I assume that team's Oakland, but uh, Giants or, or Cincinnati. Giants would be one. Uh, yeah, but I mean, St- so it's it, starving it, for talent. It's just, yeah, I, and I think that's the thing. And the Browns aren't, and I think yep. I, it, I just I, I see where this ends up, where he's cut. He, you know, they try to get him to the practice squad. Somebody grabs him, and people are sitting there pissed because you know they didn't get this guy. He because he's not likely to give you anything as a rookie anyway. Um, with what they have. So you're basically at that point, you're basically replacing Emmanuel Agba for a guy you, you'll use even less. And God knows we already have one of those, um, that we don't need another, uh, potentially long though. So don't worry about that. Well, yeah. And maybe that's the deal. You're replacing one for another, but either way, they're both, you know, not giving you anything. But at least one had decent college tape. I'll get polite that he had decent college tape. It's true. One of them did have decent college tape. All right. Joseph, uh, Bole, uh, B-O-H-L-E-Y. Uh, I'm tough on pronunciation. But over under, the Browns currently possess eight draft choices. Over under, five and a half players selected. It's interesting. Um, I'll say under. I'm not, I don't feel good about that because I actually do think, um, you know, I've seen a lot of numbers today. It could be and- a kicker. There could be a kicker in the sixth or seventh, something like that where they end up taking it, you know? Well, like... I, I think that could, you know, that those late rounds could be offensive tackle projects. Those could be linebackers. Those could be special teams guys. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure how this works. And ultimately, you know, the players have to be there that they want that they're trading up to get. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think there's a real chance that the Browns could be less than that. And I also think there's a chance that some of that getting less may be trading out into picks for next year. Oh, there's you know certainly a possibility of that and look you're gonna to need to roll it over you know, you know there's and we've talked about the musical chairs aspect of it um, five and a half players drafted I'll say six so that would you know put me at the over because I think you you know if there's a kicker you really like you don't want to get into the you don't want to get it in the freaking unrestricted route with it just get them I do I do. I don't care. I, I bring in twenty kickers and try them all out. I, I like okay, I, well, fine. Then take two. Then draft one and then take one. Whatever. Just you know, that's fine too. Uh, Chandler Adams. He's been bringing a bunch of great questions later, and this is Pete. Where we get to it. Um, Valdez State. Uh, Steven Denmark. Cornerback. Uh, they say he's six foot four. Um, supposedly runs you know a you know mid four four forty. Um, some people are trying to talk up the D two uh, day two. I don't know about day two for a D two prospect. Um, but an interesting athlete, um, and I did reach out to Valdosta State, and I hope they're kind enough to send something so we can kind of get a little, you know, read on this guy. But interesting athlete, at least, Pete. Right. Um, so what I have seen is that he measured in at 6'2 to 20. Um, he ran allegedly a 4'4'6. Reeks of a safety size. 4'43.5 inch vertical, 10'10 broad jump, and. Or, uh, yeah, 130-inch broad jump. Uh, and the issue is agility, 7-4, 3-cone, uh, and a 4-2-7 short shuttle. The sh- short shuttle isn't awful, but it's not good. Um, 
and he is, he does have reasonable production. Um, but he, you know, right off the shoot, you're basically saying he screams Xavier Rhodes at you. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, day two is not, not even a question to me. I, I don't think he goes that high. It's not because I don't think there are tools that may be attractive, but I think he's a day three guy. Um, I, I, I don't think he's that highly regarded um, in this class necessarily. But, yeah, uh, there are always teams that are going to be in the market for a guy like him. And, and obviously the Browns took a shot last year on a substantially worse idea in Simeon Thomas. So, uh, yeah, they, they could absolutely look at him. And once you get to day three, it becomes basically, you know, once you get past that fourth round, it's just a wild west. And you grab guys because you want them. And at that point, it's a free-for-all. So, if they want a guy with those kind of traits in this type of scheme and they really want to press more because that's what this guy sounds like is a press guy, um, then, yeah, you, you can take that shot. Um, I am always sketchy. I'm a little nervous when it comes to guys having that poor of agility, even in this type of scheme. Uh, I would actually prefer I, I would actually prefer more agility and I can deal with less speed. Uh, it, it, it not only is the those the agility a matter of how fast and and how quickly guys can change direction and those type of things, but it's also a matter of balance, and that's a position you do not want to have guys who don't have balance. Yeah, I mean, and just but honestly, just what we're talking about here, he seems more like a guy that would end up probably being a safety convert anyway. Um, but look, interesting athlete. Um, you know, Valdosta State is a solid Division two program. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. The other question would be, you know, I always have in these cases is how did you end up at Valdosta State? Yeah, I looked up. He went there from the get-go. So I'm guessing this is a grades issue. Maybe he wasn't recruited. But it's not like he went somewhere first. He was at Valdosta State at the get-go. Usually this is where, you know, this is one of the programs Florida State likes to dump off players. But, yes, you certainly need to investigate why, and maybe that's why they like him, because he is a lot like Simeon Thomas, uh, who failed classes a bunch of times and was ineligible. Uh, but, yeah. Also I, had sticky fingers, if I recall correctly, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yes. And uh, so S- S- Stephen Denmark is a fascinating prospect in terms of all he brings to the table, uh, but I do think he's a day three guy. He could get drafted. He, he may, may be uh, waiting after the fact to get signed. Someone will take a shot on him. Okay, now uh, from David Rose, um, uh, obviously, you know, uh, we're starting to see already, and obviously we've had one AAF guy already signed into the NFL, and God bless him. Um, the one guy who played for Memphis, who apparently woke up this morning to find out now that the hotel he had to stay at for the time he was playing in Memphis was charged to his credit card. Disgusting. It, it, it's, it, it's every, I mean, it's such shyster BS at this point. This guy wakes up to a $2,500 bill on his credit card where he was supposed to be housed as a professional athlete. Are you stinking kidding me? But, Pete, Luis Perez or any other quarterback, anybody here maybe to come wear a baseball hat, have coffee with Baker every morning? Uh, well, <laughs> reportedly, Luis Perez is going to go to a tryout with the Eagles. Um, I, I think he's more likely to be a camp arm slash uh, practice squad guy. So on that standpoint, absolutely it's possible. Uh, I don't know if that will be here. But, yeah, I don't see him making a roster. But I do think he will have a really, really good shot to end up being a practice squad guy. He showed more than enough. 
Um, Garrett Gilbert's probably going to get a shot again. I don't love Garrett Gilbert, but the great. Well, 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 easy. Do not be dissing on the greatest quarterback in the history of the AAF, Pete. Come on now. I'm not convinced he's the greatest quarterback in the history of the AAF, but Gil Brandt loved him coming out, so you've got that little little feather in his cap too. Um, but yeah, they're they're going to get shots. There's just there aren't wasn't enough he, quarterbacks. He, wasn't he even a guy who was a late addition to the Senior Bowl? He didn't even make the Senior Bowl right out the gate. Was he the guy who was the late addition? I thought it was uh, him. Garrett Gilbert. I don't. He may have. Yeah, I thought he was um, the guy that showed up on like Thursday. But it, look, I mean, if you're looking at this from a a NFL standpoint, they aren't. Um, they aren't guys you have to draft. They are free agents. So, so long as they don't get signed, they're absolutely no pain, no loss of anything if they come in and try out. So, I expect you to see a lot of those from the quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, I, I expect there to be a bunch of players that get signed ultimately because they're just uh, the NFL has needs for them. The only question really is on some of these guys. Uh, coming off this league right now, are they sort of ready to go or they have bumps and bruises they need to sort of heal and and maybe that slows down this process a little bit. But yeah, there there are guys that I think the Browns could use. There are guys that lots of teams are going to use. And obviously we've already seen one, uh, the Chiefs signed uh, Reeser, uh, who is, you know, from PFF standpoint, the best uh, corner in the league. So yeah, there are guys that can help teams. And it's funny, you see, you know, like uh, our lads with Dan Shaka and PFF, they put all this effort in actually trying to commit to this league and, you know, by week eight, you know, eh, whatever, it's over. We'll just pull the plug on it. Just, I mean, it's a story there. Somebody's going to have it and it's, it, it'll be good. It'll be in depth. And it'll, oh, it'll, be it'll be a, it'll be a 30 for 30. It's, it's, I, I, I've said, I said it, I've tweeted it out. Yep. I absolutely believe it. It is absolutely almost the exact scenario as the USFL where, the league was viable and bad ownership. Uh, at that time, it was Donald Trump. This this time, it's the this, this dude uh, who came in with all this money in the AAF and basically just who's bailed. actually on Twitter. This guy, he's on Twitter. So it, it, you guys, if you do a little research, you can find him. He's actually on Twitter. The guy who just basically screwed all these guys over. Guys have to fly themselves home. Guys have to pay twenty five hundred dollar hotel bills for the house. You know that that's. Yeah, the, the the hotel is bad. The hotel is really bad. The worst stuff is the medical. You, oh yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you you know, you blew your knee out, guess what? Dimes on you. Imagine paying for ACL surgery in 2019 and everything that goes along with it. Yeah, I, that's the dirtiest part of this. Is is you know, it's, it's, it's scum. All, it's a world scum. we live in where so many people are literally going bankrupt on medical bills, and you know that that there's a real chance that could happen in this. Um, I would love for you know it would be complete altruism and and basically charity at this point whether it's the NFL or some you know benefactor that wants to step in and sort of basically save these guys from potentially you know ruining their lives because they spent seven weeks the in the, exactly yeah I mean and that's that's again and we mentioned this before but this is what's really going to hurt the potential XFL is that players may really hesitate. Uh, because they see this and they they got basically taken and it's not worth particularly the health risk that if you you know you do su- uh, suffer a significant injury that you could potentially be on the hook for it and be paying that off for years and years and years and that was um uh the star wide receiver from the national championship game from clemson uh last name ross right justin ross i guess his name was said that maybe you know, some guys were talking about maybe after this college football season 
played in the XFL, and then going to the draft from there. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, I think guys, that thing's over. Yeah, 19, 20 years old. You better pay attention here. Um, you go to the NFL, you blow your knee out, you're covered. You're taken care of. And look, Vince McMahon, you know, doing it again. And, you know, he, he certainly ain't somebody who ain't above pulling out the rug under talent and you know, making sure that his family and his egg is taken care of before everybody else. Uh, we got one last one here uh, from David Newland. I actually, you know, I, I, I don't think he's totally wrong here, but I, I, it is solid with his question, but he, he views as far as, you know, what they need to do, you know, the strength of this draft would be cornerback two, perhaps cornerback depth, and we agree with this, Pete, is probably still need two more safeties and then maybe some, I mean, I don't even, you know, other than developmental tackle, and maybe two D tackles, so that would get you to seven picks. But I think he's right, right? Two cornerbacks, two safeties. Uh, I don't have any issue with his thought process. Uh, what I don't know is if you know when the, when when the picks are in, or if the Browns are on the board, if the talent's going to be there for the corners. Um, and it, it's picking up a little bit. There's a couple more guys that I, I found that I like, but overall, I, I don't think this is a very good corner class. So. You know, if you're lucky enough that Justin Lane's sitting there and you grab him or you move up to get him, uh, you can get a corner. I think after that, you're basically looking at undrafted free agents. I don't think you're looking at, unless you're getting combo players that can do a little bit of both. Um, like Jawan Williams might be a guy that's a little bit of both, but I think he may go earlier than, than maybe we would want to pick. But I absolutely, and, unless something changes and they sign somebody else or make another trade or whatever, uh, I do think they need two safeties. Uh, I, I think they are they basically only have two safeties, and you need really four, um, even if you get them to do other things, but those are guys who contribute on special teams. Those are guys who do other things, but you know they're an injury away from you know dudes whose name I don't remember uh, as a backup safety that they brought in. Um, but right now it's it's simply not good enough. Um, I like the Marius Randall find. Um, but uh, I don't think Eric Murray's enough there. I think he's more of a depth guy anyway. But you need to get what you the guy you do believe can start at strong safety, and then you need to get somebody to back up Demarius Randall with some credibility. Uh, again, I think if if you could if you could actually get the players that are warrant, warrant the picks, I have no issue with just saying we are going to leave the you know 2019 draft with our secondary intact. I just don't think that. It's likely to Line be up that there way. in terms. Yeah, I just don't think the talent's going to be there to, to 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 live up to it. All right, then. So then let's. I'll just I'll just caddy to you off of this one. Is there any other bigger need at forty nine than safety? No. Uh, you know, I know there are people who are going to make the argue for corner. I have no problem with that. Um, I like Terrence Mitchell. I I think not, people don't remember Terrence Mitchell the first before the broken arm in Oakland, and it, it felt weird. It was like, oh my god! Like remember when we said, oh my god, I can't believe we're talking about Perriman. The first three, well, I guess it was three and a half games. It was I can't believe we're still talking about Terrence Mitchell. Right, because at the you know obviously uh, T.J. Carey got the big money, uh, and then E.J. Gaines came in, and he was arguably a a more accomplished player than. Than Mitchell, and it felt like Mitchell was sort of the the also ran. Uh, he was a guy that played a little bit, had had one starting season with the Chiefs, was pretty good, but it really felt like he was sort of the third guy. And then they added in Denzel Ward, and it was almost forgotten. And then he sort of slowly worked his way up. 
and it's not to say I, you know, I, I, I have no problem with the idea of trying to find that longer term cornerback number two, if you want to call it that, or, we're, or the guy. We're, we're, we're pretty sure we're pretty adamant about who we'd want. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's no question that it, you know the 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 combination of Denzel Ward and Justin Land is a really attractive option. But to me, not only because of you know the, what it appears the Browns want to do with that strong safety, I think that position is critical. Um, I think you're going to end up in a lot of you know whether they they start looking like they're in cover two or however you want to call it with two two high safeties. I think ultimately they're going to end up in a lot of really three-corner, one-deep sa- one safety, and it's not really strong and weak so much in terms of the traditional sense. In term- it's more along the lines of man, man safety and zone safety, and Demarius Randall is always, always going to be the zone safety, and it's a question of who's that man safety going to be. And you know, for teams, for people who are sitting there going, man, we get ripped apart by tight ends, this guy could help with that. For the teams that have really good three-receiver sets, this helps with that, but I, I do think that's incredibly important, almost to the exact same level to me as that other corner. I think those two, for what this defense is going to be, for where the Browns are headed in terms of being in a situation where they need to stop the pass, I think those positions are basically even in terms of weight, and they just have they have some more options at one. All the other options that aren't Eric Murray at strong involve involve robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like if you like this idea of taking TJ Carey um, and moving him over there would suggest that really that strong safety is just a corner that can play inside. Um, so yeah, that, that those two positions are pretty much even to me. Yeah, and look, I mean, you can vary this up though every week depending on the matchups. You know, Denzel can go inside if there's a smaller guy that you're fearing the, the god of. DJ, uh, DJ Moore, uh, Carolina, prime example. You know they lined him up a lot in the middle. So if that's something that can happen, that's something you're going to be concerned about. So you know, you can have the flexibility with him. You know obviously you have Carry, you have Mitchell. I, I just I, I, safety, I think, is the biggest priority. I, I'm okay. The thing, and this is the one thing we got is you never got to really see. Obviously, Gaines is gone, but you never got to see almost this entire cornerback group play together last year, and that was. An issue because even when they were just you know p- bits and pieces, they hung and they played pretty tough. And I will always go back to T.J. Carey versus Julio Jones. Even though Julio had a hundred and a touchdown, T.J. Carey was a star that day on him, one of the best receivers in the league. Guys, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, guys, check out Pete's wor- uh, work over at NFL Spin Zone. Follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Um, at the Locked On Browns Twitter account, we always keep it a follow back account. Um, let's get that close. Let's get that to 5K by the draft here. We're getting getting very very close. I appreciate you guys for that. Uh, me personally at Jeff uh, underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, just going to continue to pump out the content here, guys. Uh, maybe there'll be a day off or two here before the draft. Maybe not. Whatever. If the mood strikes us, things are happening. Things are popping. You know, we'll we will trust me. It's it's. No issue for us trying to find some time to sit down, break some bread here, and give you guys out some great content and some great info. Uh, I do appreciate everybody here. I, you know, as we hit the iTunes, you know, uh, you know, top two hundred again today. Uh, if you guys are listening, like I said, I will continue to tell you. We will continue to work and work hard. That's what I can promise you. Um, with that, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.